Uh, how did you spend your post comedy week, Nick? Oh, great question. Um, you know, I sort of I'm working on this uh, this one man show where I'm just sort of atoning for all the branded content I've participated <laughs> in over the past ten years. So you know, Burt Reynolds died recently, yeah. and I remembered that I worked on a Captain Crunch branded spot. <laughs> Uh, where Captain Crunch has a talk show on his pirate ship. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah and he, yeah. in one of them, he interviews uh, Burt Reynolds, and I think gets him to like get in a hot tub of milk with a soggy or I'm something. I'm glad you were able to facilitate that before he passed. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad that he was made to do that for Captain Crunch. Yeah, and you had and you played a small role in that. Yeah, and you know he was probably half conscious of what was happening, but how, how warm was the milk? Uh, boy, that's a good question. I honestly, I might be misremembering the beats of this, because mm. it's all a blur. Because I would sit in a hot tub of milk if it was at least 95 degrees. That okay, okay, wonderful. that's that's all right. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that that's basically what I've been doing, exploring that, uh, you know. Maybe it's good that we're post-comedy. Now that, <laughs> right. now that we remember what comedy once was, uh, maybe it's good to be in the post-era He hated uh, Boogie comedy. Interesting fact. Um, you know, I was really inspired by... A piece that I saw, I think it was on Vulture or Vox, but uh, it was, you know, uh, a bunch of comedians uh, apologizing for the the jokes that they made that aren't okay anymore. I saw so, that. Jake so it was Flores, like, who was on the show, participated <laughs> in that. Yeah, enemy of, you, the, enemy of the show, Jake Flores, even though his contribution was actually good and kind of pointed it out. Was, not that it bad, was that Everything but, was bullshit. Yeah, Jake, he's the enemy of the show because his show, uh, unfortunately, um, since he... Was we gave him that spot? His show sometimes get a few more downloads than us, and I don't Ooh, appreciate that. Oh, I don't care for that. I, I don't, I, care, I don't for that. care for that at all, Jake. Alex, um, you're on notice. Alex, you're on notice. You, bro- Alex. you Brooklynites are at it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, in any event, I read that piece, and you know, I was just floored and inspired by you know. Weird Al reevaluating the time he used the word midget in a song in the 1980s. Uh, so I've just been spending the week thinking back on all the, the jokes I've made that through the lens of 2018 could potentially be looked at as offensive. And, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, uh, flagellating myself. I've been, uh, writing them all on a paper, burning the pages and, uh, whipping myself on the back. It seems cool. healthy. It's cool that, like, uh, it's cool that, uh, Culture bloggers are essentially the church now. Mm-hmm. I like that they give us our, our penance and they give us opportunities to confess the bad things we've done and yeah. then to uh, make peace with the public yeah. and yeah, ourselves. When, That's yeah, definitely we, a healthy thing. <laughs> when we titled the show Struggle Session, it was supposed to be kind of a joke. Uh, yeah. But it, I feel like by 2019, it will have to be literal in order to uh, yeah. keep up. Like, it's so funny. And, and like, and we have to, and we peel back, like, why is this happening? Uh, is because people let like you know sex offenders run around and stuff, so everybody else has to atone. Like while the sex offenders <laughs> right. get to come back without apologizing. Right. Well, right. If you're a sex offender, you either live under a bridge or you work for the right. president or have a Hollywood deal. But There's no in between. It is partially because Louis jacked off in front of uh of those women that Paul Shear has to do an article like apologizing for a sketch he did about 9-11 in 2002. Like, the two are in some way connected. Everybody having to uh, uh, be like, you know, comedy was bad, but we're okay now. We're not Hey, here's the connection. Louis C.K., three-part name. Wow. Oh, there you go. Wow. Just like John Wilkes Booth. John W.B. 
My understanding with a CK and Louis CK is that it's a, it's like phonetically how his last name right. is pronounced. Right. It's, it's like a portmanteau, right? No, yeah. I think it's like a Polish last name. It's like Cicle or something like that. And like, it's just pronounced CK. Yeah, it's like uh, spelled S-Z-Y-K-A. Yeah. But at, now we know that the reason why is because obviously to hide his identity. I well, mean, at this point, uh, uh, this man's running around under an assumed name. Um, I don't know. Showing ne- up at comedy venues. Neoliberal neoliberal modern neoliberal politics are in a state of crisis and so that is creating uh chaos amongst the rich who subscribe to neoliberalism and i mean i I don't want to get too psychoanalytical here i'm not a you know i'm not a i'm not sigmund freud or anything but i do think that post comedy and elevated horror come from this weird kind of victorian desire to refuse to have fun when things are bad Hmm. This idea that the world sucks right now, and and I'm very rich, so I cannot enjoy these things. I co- my comedy has to have a dose of suffering in it. My horror schlock has to have a dose of art film. It is I I cannot unless I am giving myself some sort of uh y- you know educational or important or or god forbid anything but not serious uh <laughs> content in my life or culture in my life then i i'm, I'm doing a, a bad for thing it. right this is now not the is time. not the time now is not the time i think there are like there are like two acceptable forms of joy one is like just dunking on a, a like <laughs> on someone on twitter like someone has like a hor- like a sure. a completely unacceptable opinion and then dogpiling on them like that's okay sure and then also like just some sort of life-affirming video of, say, you know, uh, a little kid giving juice boxes to a, a bunch of people waiting in line for unemployment checks or something like that sort of thing is like, oh yeah, we can we can feel good about sure. this because this is this is they're a, all veterans bright, too, exactly right. <laughs> There's a little bright spot in this in this uh, plague in this we world. inhabit. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, JDB, I, of all you know, the kind of somewhat. Uh, hairbrain conspiracy theories you have come up with on these hundred episodes of shows. Wow, that is by far the best one because oh, yeah. when you really think about that it, was good. When you really yeah. look back at when you really look at back at it, the first post comedy that we've had is Trevor Noah's The Daily Show because yeah. it is objectively so not funny, but it's we're supposed to pretend like it's important. Like, right? Like it that has might even some, be anti comedy. Well, I, I don't even. I don't think it's anti comedy. That's like that's Andy yeah. Kaufman is anti comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's this new tone of political comedy, and I think I I seen clips from Sarah's show, and she does okay actually. You guys do okay over there, but there. Oh is yeah, this I'm kind sure Sarah's like, show is fantastic. Uh, Nick, I, there I is seen this it. kind of like hectoring patronizing tone to it it's all a call to action like you would never see a host of any of these political talk shows be like now what do i know about anything but this like it's always like now what we need to do is start sending the letters today like get out there and make your voice heard it's like isn't this a fucking comedy show yeah i mean go go for it please i was just gonna say Stuart sort of got that going and and now John Oliver makes it kind of a weekly practice. Yeah. Every every uh, last week tonight, I feel like, ends with an advocacy hashtag. Sure. But here's the weird thing, like Trevor Noah does. Like, people like are always talking about how nobody shares clips of any of Trevor Noah's shows. So what they start doing is 
making viral clips of what he says to the audience between the jokes right. that aren't so written, weird. where he's just like he's just taught learning about you know if you really uh you know think about this stuff you know that maybe like some of this stuff is you know actually really really quite bad um reflect <laughs> upon it um, and and trump uh he's just you know we keep saying that you know he's this, this new bombshell is dropping but actually it's always bad it would be a bombshell if he was smart like he yeah. actually has like clips and shit like Wait, that. That line was really viral. funny. He said the line he said there was like, you know, what would be a bombshell if they found Trump working out or teaching <laughs> kids to code. <laughs> it's what Trevor Noah actually said. Anyway, what were you gonna say, Nick? Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it's it's hard to it's almost h- difficult to avoid feeling like you're giving a lecture when you tackle anything that's going on right now because right. to some degree it is so bleak. Uh, but what I'm curious uh, on your guys' take is, why do you think, the the the, co- the show aside, the comedy of the show aside, why do you think Trevor Noah's politics are so bad? Like, would, I would kind of almost expect him, uh, and this is this is maybe superficial, but just because of his upbringing and his experiences and, as an immigrant in a country that's hostile sure. to immigrants, to be a little bit more progressive, but he seems kind of aggressively centrist. Well, uh, I think rich people are just shitty worldwide. And then they come to America. <laughs> he seems to have held, even in South Africa, some kind of uh, centrist to, I would even say, right-wing beliefs. Sure. Uh, uh, like what he was saying about those protests and, you know, that the only way to end a protest is like to crack heads and send in tear gas and shit. I'm like, this is you at like 22 years old or something. Like, where does this come from? You know, and on a bigger note, I do think there is a weird sort of reverse colonialism in that so many of the late night talk shows are British or Australian or just they have like some sort of colonial accent. Yeah. Those are the immigrants uh, that are taking our jobs, God damn. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I pull, pull Chris Hemsworth's H one B. Give me <laughs> more American actors uh, uh, and hosts. Uh, uh. But there, there is something to be said. I mean, about like you know, if you if you live in like Kentucky and you like flip the channel and it, you know you go from James Corden to Harvard Seth Myers yeah. to you know. Uh, well, Harvard's know. not a foreign country. Yeah, but it might as well be. Yeah, sure. Okay, I can give it to uh, you. There's the, there is an accent, which is so funny. The Harvard accent is so weird. I'm just surprised the transatlantic accent hasn't come back yet. Right, right. The the, the fake, uh, you know the um, what do you what do you call it? The the William Randolph Hearst had it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, Angelina Jolie is like the last person with a transatlantic accent. <laughs> I've uh you know I have a natural I it, and and it used to be stronger but I have a natural inclination to be to be you know a little bit skeptical of anyone from Harvard although sure. I've I've met and interacted with some people from Harvard who there are, are like, some good ones I'm funny sure and smart and sure. grounded it's like and, Trump said about like uh, the Mexicans when he started running for president it's like although I am sure there are some good ones uh, uh, but Br- he, Brie Gray is cool <laughs> yeah Brie Gray is great and Hayes Davenport I understand is a yeah. good guy Hayes is a good guy and but you know I've talked to uh, and and uh, I, I some of some people I've talked to from Harvard it's been interesting to hear them kind of candidly be like, oh, yeah, they're dumb people at Harvard, yeah. <laughs> which you don't think of. But like, so if you if you examine the 
people who come out of this uh, this elite institution and end up, you know, as pundits or uh, working in the White House, like a lot of them just seem like dipshits. Yeah, and it makes sense because it's just like there's so many legacy admissions yeah. at, at the Ivy well, League. Also, a lot of these like, people are just dumb. You know what? Also, like. Uh, being good at high school doesn't mean you're a smart person. Even That's if you're true. not a legacy admission, right. like being the best at doing homework for years 12 to 18 of your yeah. life is not like the biggest accomplishment that at you some can level, do. At some Somehow level, determined. it's an extension of like being good at mazes. It's, just like, it's like a skill you had as a kid <laughs> right, that right. you worked at. And yet they somehow the determine uh, how you get paid forever. Well, right. and also it determines uh, uh, who like holds control of all the rest of our lives. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. you look at Brett Kavanaugh and I'm like oh he's just some doughy little man who went to an Ivy League college and here he's gonna be uh, uh, determining everything for all the rest of us forever he seems legit stupid yes too. he like, does he seems like a dumb guy yes he does not seem like a bright he seems like like a like like a country bumpkin or something <laughs> kind of <laughs> anyway yeah, so we're off he topic this- here we're gonna he gets to decide the um, bodily autonomy for women for, you know, the rest of time, basically. For the rest right. of our lives, probably. Eh, maybe not. I'll die before anyone else. So, for the rest of my life. It's a good thing our hero, John McCain, is giving us the final vote yeah. to pe- push him through. Yeah. Thank God for our hero, John McCain, the Maverick, yeah. giving us Brett Kavanaugh and potentially repealing Roe versus Wade. What a hero yeah. McCain Thank is. Thank you. Thank you, even, even, even in death, um, respect yeah, to the Did you uh, watch Obama's speech today? Did you guys watch uh, Obama's uh, speech at uh, Illinois today? I watched said- it, fell asleep. <laughs> this is what Trump said. <laughs> Trump <laughs> Couldn't won. keep my eyes open. <laughs> I mean, he, he said, don't man- boo vote again. What? He said, don't boo vote. Yeah, he don't did boo that vote. again. Yeah. That's, that shit didn't work in 2016. Yeah. It doesn't work. Don't uh, vote doesn't work. Don't tweet. Don't get angry. Just take action and vote. uh, God, it sucks. He's just pot. Pod Save America has sort of revealed Obama as a scam artist because when you have three uh, kind of frat dudes saying the exact same thing Barack Obama says, it doesn't actually sound that interesting. Right. And then when Obama <laughs> says it again, it sounds really I'm weird. I'm like, wait a second, this is what the Pod Save America guys are saying. What the fuck? He sounds like them. It's yeah. it's like a flip has happened where they sounded like him, and now he sounds like them. And that is so, so funny that what Pod Save America is, and sorry to rope you into this, Nick, oh, no, this happens please. all the time, but what it is is it's like, that we that is what people liked about them, that it's like they're kind of like Obama, but they're three whites. Right. It's three white guys who are like Obama. <laughs> the best of best of both worlds. Do you do you think they're they're afraid that the British invasion will come to podcasting and then there will be like three British guys doing their, their wise political podcast like a little bit more highbrow that everyone starts listening to oh. instead? Pod they say the bollocks qu- instead of Pod shit. Pod save yeah. the queen would actually make sense. It would make sense. Oh, that would actually be a name that makes sense. That'd be so funny if three British guys came in with Pod Save the Queen and they just started killing them. If you're them. British and you listen to Struggle Session, come talk to us. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll put together the show for you. We'll get you all set up out <laughs> yes, here. If you're, if you're British and you worked uh, under, I don't know, uh, uh, God, I don't even want to Thatcher. Do it. Forget it. Thatcher, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you, Jack. Tony you. Blair. <laughs> Tony Blair. <laughs> Theresa May is not that much better, but you yeah. know, she's at least she's ineffective. What I mean, else is going on? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is interesting, actually. What does everybody think about about the new Q, Anonymous himself? 
There's a new Q? Well, the new Q, Anonymous, right. on uh, the New York Times the op-ed page. Oh, the left, the, the, the Q for liberals. Q. Yeah, yeah, the Q for liberals. I mean, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I like, you know, this is, the word witch hunt's been thrown around. This is a good old-fashioned witch hunt. This is a fun one. We get to find you know out who, who the what witch is. What it's been like the last couple of days on CNN, and I watch it still sometimes. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I watch it. It's, I, it reminds me a lot of uh, when uh, when Who Killed Mr. Burns happened, right. and everyone was talking all the time, laying out the pictures of all the Simpsons characters and are... really agonizing over who might have killed Mr. Burns. It was Rainier Wolfcastle. <laughs> yeah. We are deep into season two of Battlestar Wars. Galactica at this point. Yeah. I, I am very excited that we are having a full-blown Cylon hunt. <laughs> uh, so I just think it's a little weird. I, I was tweeting about this, too, and I thought about this earlier, but, like, it is weird that it's like, this is the New York Times. So, you know, a, a source comes with a story. Aren't you supposed to, like, talk to, like, the reporters, and the reporters write it down, and then they, like, write a story about it? It's weird to me that whoever this is, like, wrote a blog post and was like, can you guys, like, publish this for right. me, like, directly? <laughs> I mean, like, I to, think that's to, strange. To be clear, the New York Times just gave Trump a- ammo. Well, a, a, and a also, lot of ammo. And because also Trump gave, immediately stood in front of all these cops. Yeah. And they, we've got Trump's back, all these mustachioed but, sheriff dudes. But I think even more insidiously, I think they gave, like, pretty good cover to non-Trump Republicans. Right. Yes, I think that this absolutely. is straight-up propaganda published like without editing like just straight up published by the new york times right. to say like we, we republicans are, are not like trump like yeah. it's odd it's gross a little bit i, I mean think. it's a soft coup it's t- it's i don't know if it's a coup because it, like they're not it's doing a anything one. it's a, it's, a fucking, it's, it's not a, it's a coup. Fake they're not a book deal, and i think new york times should know better actually mm. but it's not a coup because a coup would actually like be like uh stopping the trump agenda but it's not he just makes a bunch yeah, of a coup uh, is going in the fucking oval office with a gun and saying you're okay. not the president anymore <laughs> right <laughs> that's what it is that's what a coup actually well, is but, right like, what this is is they there's manipulating this guy whose brain is essentially a cup of yogurt yeah. into doing whatever they I want don't I, that's we not didn't how vote I for... That's not how I read the op-ed. When I read yeah. this op-ed, the op-ed to me reads they're like I believe in the agenda of this president. I believe right. in the agenda of this White House. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes like Trump is like bad. Th- like bad. Like thinks yeah. things wrong. But look at all the don't... good things we did. But look, we're yeah, doing yeah, a lot exactly. of stuff. I'm like, I don't actually agree that you're doing good stuff. I uh, reject the premise even to begin with right. that any of this stuff is good stuff. And I really think that it's just them trying to separate themselves from Trump. I was just going to say it really, the the what that article boils down to, what that op-ed boils down to is this putting brained groper is not <laughs> executing wealth transfers to the rich effectively enough. <laughs> right. It's so, yeah. like, it's so fucking insidious. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like that. I do feel like generally from not everyone, I feel like maybe not not CNN and, and MSNBC, but generally the take I've seen even from liberals has been kind of fuck this guy, you know, which is heartening. Sure. Um, and he's still going to get a book deal. No he's problem. still going to get a book deal 100%. He's yeah. going to be an MSNBC talking head. But yeah. it, it, I, this I, is David Frum. This is the new David Frum exactly. for the rest of our life. But I do like that, like the new David Frum is maybe met with a little bit more skepticism right. than the yeah. actual David Frum. Well, and I think it was pretty obvious that it was, you know, there was this twenty-minute period where everyone was like, "It's Pence, it's Pence, it's Pence," and it's like, wait a second, the vice president's not—he's a dumb man. Mike Pence is not a smart man, but. Look, uh, I, I, I he know... is addicted to using the word lodestar. I mean, he said it like a hundred thousand times. So if you wanted to set up a guy, and by the way, the New York Times by putting lodestar in there, f- 
is fucking up because they're intentionally misinforming it's, misinforming it's, their it's, readers. It's, it's strange. Don't lie. Journalists shouldn't fucking lie it, and play games with their readers. It is strange that there was something published in the New York Times that has like clues right. in it yeah. and shit. Like, uh, That's not it's your like fucking job. People are talking about it like like Lost or something. It's like, it's like when they published the Zodiac ciphers in yeah. the like San Francisco paper and tried to get everyone to help solve the puzzle. It's like, it's it's like the same sort of thing. Yeah. Except they know the answer. It's they like kind know. of like it's a contest. So, well, I was thinking about this. Like, If one of the reporters is in the elevator with James Bennett, the editor, like the head editor of the opinion page, does he like ask? Are you like, James, who was uh, who was the anonymous op-ed guy? Can you right. tell me? <laughs> like, uh, like, He's like, sorry, I've got a meeting with Barry Weiss. It's too strange. Right. Like, it, it is too weird. It's too weird. It's like Deep Throat meeting with Woodward and Bernstein and like right. being like, here's the document. Like, I wrote it last night. Like, I think it's perfect. Like, let me know what you guys think and if it can go in the paper. Great, yeah. I'll just I'll I'll have our copy editor do a pass, <laughs> yeah. and then you just want to be put as anonymous. Yeah. Like we'll just cut it yeah. as anonymous. Just that, yeah, and don't change too much. Don't okay. change. It's very important that it stay the way that right. it's written. It's, uh, uh, be a, do you want to put in more clues? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and creepy. they send them. They send them an email asking for a ten ninety nine A so they can <laughs> a freelance writer. Hey, Deep Throat, we're gonna send you uh, fifty dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Do, you want, do, you have a cor- do you have a loan out corporation? Do you just want to be paid as an individual? <laughs> it's too strange. It, what really bo- just it really just bothers me, like reading through it. Like there's no su- real substance to it, but like it sucks all the political energy out of the room, right? And basically yeah. allows Trump to now do whatever the fuck he wants there behind the scenes because yeah. everybody's just talking about this, you know, one guy who basically helps Trump along, and yeah. it allow as it's very insidious because it allowed allowed him, you know, freely to paint the tax cuts as good to right. paint yeah. all. Like most of Trump's agenda, as good military spending, yeah, reasonable, responsible, conservative stuff without challenge. Where if you had, if they had done like a real job as a journalist and just wrote a story, they could just put in the relevant parts. Like this is such challenge it and you know uh, fact check it things like that. Right, it's such journalistic like malpractice. Like what pisses me off like more than anything. So like every time the New York Times posts this garbage or article about Barry Weiss or uh, Brett Stevens. It's like, you remember right when Trump got elected, everyone told you like the most important thing you can do is subscribe to the New York Times and the Washington yeah. Post. That, that, was done, the new, that was the November 2016, you must vote. Right. That, was, uh, that was the refrain then was like, we must support a strong and independent press. And now that's like, they're just like, here's something from... Uh, uh, from uh, geez, uh, uh, Steve un- Mnuchin. Here's right. a Steve Mnuchin piece uh, uh, yeah. that we're just not it's going just to edit. It's interesting that the Flax are going to start losing their jobs, and the, the you know the shitheads are just going to stop even bothering to hire people to speak for them yeah. soon enough. I do think it's propaganda, and I do think that like New York Times should know better, and they are kind of complicit in. And I think that they are like maybe knowingly complicit in trying to like reset what America is and go back to the grift as it was it's before a game. To, sure. to help separate the Republicans from Trump so that we can go back to the same old they are fiscal and uh, liberals want uh, health care. Right. And this isn't this is this is someone else's take that I'm stealing here. But I but right. I liked it and I bought it, which is that 
We saw this before with Bush. With W, it, in the aftermath of W, it was just he wasn't a real conservative. That right. wasn't whenever, when his approval right. rating was at like 35% as he was leaving office or whatever it was. That was the, the Tea Party was the break from W right. saying W, who was like just advancing Reaganism all the way through his presidency to its logical extension. And now Trump is pushing that even further. Yeah. But they're saying W was not actual, actually conservatism. They're trying to replay that with Trump in anticipation of this going down in flames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of past so, presidents. Well, oh, uh, well, this this is something I kind of want to talk about on the show because we haven't really put a pin on it um, just yet. And it, it's something that a lot of liberals believe, and Nick was just touching on, this idea of like the good conservative. And this kind of right. ties in with our post-comedy because uh, John Mulaney made this post after Steve Bannon was invited oh, yeah. to um, – the New Yorker Excuse thing, me. yeah, the, to the uh, New Yorker um, Ideas um, Festival. So by post and comedy, you mean uh, uh, a post by someone who does comedy? That exactly, is exactly. Here. Yes, a comedy poster. Because I, I mean, that's kind of what started all. Like every comedian, you know, that's so, that's what's so funny is I saw this article about post comedy, and I was like, uh, like I I thought I was like post comedy. I do post comedy, like, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it post comedy did start with all the comedians becoming political pundits like every single it is true. one it started like, as it, it first started it was comedians became posters and then they became post comedy it's <clears throat> tough because i think there's a lot of pressure if you're just like throwing jokes out there yeah then you're getting barraged with like why aren't you speaking out about children in cages you know oh, you're yeah. getting bombarded yeah. with that and so you feel like you have to address hey, you it. know what let's all just be honest what people want in this world is for you to be yourself and for you to like speak honestly as yourself. Like we are yeah, living right. in an odd and new time where it is not enough to just put jokes out there. Everyone right. is actually just demands of you that you also be a pundit. So yeah, that's you, what everyone does now. You can't be like this detached character. Go ahead, Leslie. Oh yeah, but yeah, that started it's really weird. We should probably do it we could probably do a whole episode like where like, you know, in two thousand eleven, like every comedian on Twitter <laughs> yeah. was just like making jokes about Asians and now they're all like po- posting. Uh, you know what's so funny? Like we political should, we should do. We should do a uh, uh, like do a, a time capsule where you yeah. take like on this date in 2011 and then on this date in 2014, the same days, uh, right. uh, separated by a few years. <laughs> Look, I think. But, I but think anyway, the point. I think a real turning point was probably the Michael Richards incident. I think that forced comedians to go. You know, oh no, that, that was Michael Richards time. way before. Right? Michael Richards, yeah, yeah I know, Twitter, but that I was think. the first time a comedian had a public freakout go viral, and especially with racial slurs. And comedians were sort of all forced to comment at the same time about one thing. That was the first time that happened, and I feel like it kind of slowly snowballed from there. Interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure about this one, but that's interesting. I'm not it's sure. To think what, about Michael Richards innocent. All right. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's yeah. the funniest video. If anyone at home hasn't seen it, watch when Jerry Seinfeld goes on David Letterman oh, and then God. has Michael Richards by a funny. video it's so chat. Sad. It's <laughs> so sad. It's <laughs> so sad. Seinfeld just keeps, the audience and keeps laughing. The audience and Seinfeld laughs keeps yelling and at them. Seinfeld's like, no, it's not funny. funny. Don't <laughs> laugh at this. <laughs> but anyway, well, don't laugh at this either. So John and Lane, okay. well, you know, when... Um, What's his face? Uh, Melting Man, the guy who looks like he got hit by an atomic bomb. What's his name? Right. Steve Bannon. Bannon. Uh, Steve Bannon. Bannon, yeah. 
Well, he said he was apparently Mulaney was also invited to the Ideas Fest festival. Yeah, I don't Which know. Which is very funny. I, it's like as, as the, when the when this Bannon thing came down, it's like, oh my god, like Carrot Top has dropped out of the Ideas <laughs> festival. Like, oh no, like uh, Gallagher is in is in conversation with Henry Kissinger, and he refuses to do the the festival of wonderful ideas. We have to stop. These uh, we have to stop these Coachellas for politics. The ideas these festivals have to, have to stop. These are bad. Yeah, they're, yeah, they they're encouraging stop. shitty capitalistic behavior from people who should be seeking positions of civil service. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a, a good thing. It's amazing that they found a way to have a festival that's more embarrassing than an improv marathon. <laughs> 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 but anyway, John Mulaney. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He's John Mulaney. I'm out. I genuinely support public intellectual debate and have paid to see people speak with whom I strongly uh, disagree. I, I wonder who those people are. But this isn't James Baldwin versus William F. Buckley. This is P.T. Barnum-level horseshit. And it was announced on a weekend just before Tix, Tix went on sale. Like, that's how you know he's pissed off. He, like, used the abbreviation Right for before tickets. a weekend? And, it was, yeah. and to add insult to injury, it was right before my beloved weekend. No, he's, so, he's very. It, that's very good. It, it, you know, I, I would. The only thing I would say is that William F. Buckley was yes. actually not that smart. <laughs> yes, no, that yeah. is the point. So get back to back. the transatlantic <laughs> accents. Yeah, transatlantic accent. Post comedy, we're bringing it all together. All right. So William F. Buckley was a stupid piece of shit, but he had an accent, <laughs> yes. and people respected it at the time. And for but for some reason, even liberals like. John Mulaney, who I think considers himself a pretty progressive guy. I, I mean, obviously, this is actually a pretty good thing he's doing, saying he won't appear on the same show, but he yeah. can't like break this like this idea, this myth, this myth that so many liberals have that at one time, at one point, there were smart conservatives. There yeah. weren't. They were always racist. Like when you see all like the racism in the past that you no longer think exists, the people who were doing that were like all the racist were all the conservatives that you missed. Right. They were the William yeah. F. Buckley's. Like he yeah, it is, is funny a, to look back fondly on the sixties and be like, back in the sixties when there was famously no racism, uh <laughs> conservatives uh, uh were cut from a different cloth. Well, and uh, it's this idea that William F. Buckley would talk to rich gay people or rich gay black people that made him appealing to the center. He uh -huh. would talk to uh you know Gore Vidal. Right. He'd have no problem talking to that guy even though he was gay because he was a peer. Yeah. To Buckley, they were both also in the same they, business. They booked. I think also they booked television shows. Yeah, I would have. I'm Buckley. not. It's like I've never. I. I. I'm, maybe liberals give him credit for that, but I fucking don't. I'm not like, giving him credit. I'm just saying that's what. That's why they. That's they why they see him, him as respectable because he would. Right. He would reach oh, across yeah, the yeah, aisle. Yeah. 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 But like it was just, but they like it was just a TV show, and he would always, you know, be completely shitty to these people. Like, th yeah, like that's he's the one thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a rude asshole. He threatened to punch Gore Vidal, and like when you look at the that uh, James Baldwin debate, I, I recommend everybody watch it just because it shows just how intellectually bankrupt conservatism is. The first thing this you know towering you know conservative intellect says is he accuses James Baldwin. 
Baldwin of putting on a fake accent for the uh, British students there. That's the first <laughs> thing he says. William F. Buckley, whose entire life, whose entire career is based on having a fake British accent, accuses James Baldwin of putting on one for this debate. It's completely pathetic. And uh, frankly, I'm really disappointed that John Mulaney saw that debate and thought, you know what? There's good people on both sides of this debate about whether right. black people are human or not. That was basically <laughs> what right. the debate was. Also, why why do liberals have this instinct that if I well, if I have to say Steve Bannon is bad, then to to balance the post, yes. I should probably say that another one is good. Yeah, so while Dan I hate Quayle. Steve Bannon, uh, 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 I think Dick Cheney was a better conservative. It's I mean I I wonder what the future version of this is going to right. be because I wonder if in 20 years when uh you know the debates consist of the candidates playing like Fortnite 3 on Twitch <laughs> and just whoever like has a has a better like kill ratio right. is the winner like right. I wonder if we're going to harken back to a time when Alex Jones and Marco Rubio spirited <laughs> discussion in the Senate hallway <laughs> To hear the full episode, subscribe at patreon.com slash struggle session. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.